0: If you haven't been uh, with us over the last couple of weeks, we're in a series called Masterclass. You just saw the, the promo for it. And Masterclass is all about love, sex, marriage. We're talking about everything, relationships. And, and so today, we're, 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 we're gonna be talking about the number one requested topic. It was, uh, we did a survey. Uh, About three or four weeks ago, 500 of you filled this survey out between single and married people. And the number one, this is like 85%, one of the questions, what is something you would like us to talk about? 85% of people said this one, and it is communication, communication. Come on, how many need to help in communication? All right, we're going, listen, this message is going to be super um, practical and I think believed to be really powerful. Go ahead and strap on your seatbelts. We've got a lot of things that we're going to be diving into today. It's so many great things that are gonna be happening. And uh, I wanna wanna make mention of a couple things in the survey. So throughout the message, I told y'all to to really fill out the survey because it's gonna help us in this message planning, and it did. And so one of the questions that we asked is, what do you think... This was to the married people. So we had a a single survey and a married survey. And to those that were married, we said, what do you think is the number one key to an incredible great marriage? And here's the answer. Number one answer was, what is it? Y'all didn't even want to say it. (laughs) I'm I'm not even saying that. Okay, good communication. So another question that was on the survey was, if you could rate your marriage based off of different areas of your marriage, trust and parenting, family, finances, all this stuff, how would you rate it from the best to the least? And this is what you answered as well. You rated trust as the number one strongest quality in your marriage, parenting, family, finances, spiritual. Number six is communication right next to sex. Okay, hey, which by the way, that might be the issue. Okay. just. I'm going to help you all out. we got a sex message coming up, okay, all right? But just going ahead and giving you you a little bit of an insight there that this might be the reason why these two have an issue. Okay, then we asked a question. Here was the other question. When there's conflict, okay? Notice I didn't say if there is. (laughs) I said when there is. When there's conflict, um, what does it usually revolve around? Top three answers. Number one, can you guess what it is? Number one is? communication. Y'all still don't want to say that word. Okay, communication, all right, personal differences and priorities. Those were the top three kind of hot topics that end up being where most of our arguing is centered around. So today we're going to talk all about communication. So this is, if you're a note taker, by the way, this is going to be your favorite message. I am going to give you so many notes. I spent two hours this week Um, I spend about anywhere between 15 to 20 hours prepping for every message that I do. I spent two hours just taking stuff out um, because I had so much to say. Uh, That's really my biggest thing is trying to take some stuff out because there's only so much time that I have. So today's message is called the five essentials of great communication, the five essentials of great communication. And if you have our app, the OSC Connect app, these notes will be right there on the app and you can download them or if you wanna just take some pen and paper, but I want you to write this first thought down. Here's the big overarching thought for today. You can't get relationships right if you get communication wrong. You can't get relationships right if you get communication wrong. How many know if you wanna have great relationships, you've gotta have great communication? you've gotta be able to communicate. Watch this, guys, if you wanna date, you gotta be able to communicate, <laughs> all right? If, if you wanna get married, you gotta be able to communicate. If you wanna stay married, you gotta be able to communicate. If you want to deal with the issues in your marriage, You've gotta be able to communicate. Communication is such a huge part of everything that we do. And so I want us to go to scripture first. We're gonna let this, this whole message is gonna be very scriptural and very practical. And I'm gonna blend those two together. So I want you to hear me on this because communication affects everything, every relationship. I'm not talking about just like your marriage. I'm talking about like your friendships. I'm talking about like your employees, your coworkers, your like everything has to be, uh, revolves around good communication. And if you don't have good communication, you don't have great relationships. So scripture tells us this way, words, watch this. Words are, everybody help me with this. Words are. Come on, let's say it like we mean it. Words are. Powerful, powerful. watch this, take them. Seriously. So the things that come out of our mouth, are Super powerful, you need to take them very seriously because words can be your and words can be your. Amen. How many of you know have, have seen that play out? How many of you know words can get you in bed and words can get you on the couch? Come on, any married people up in here? Okay, come on, somebody. Words can get you a job, words can get you fired, words can get you married, words can get you divorced. Words, words can build up, words can tear down, words can encourage, words can criticize. Words, we can use words to spread love, we can use words to spread hate. Words, 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 they're powerful. You need to be serious about them. You need to know what you wanna say and make sure that what you're saying is the right thing to be able to be said. Here's one way that I would put it. Your relationships can only rise to the level of your mouth. I'm gonna say that one again. Your relationships will only rise to the level of your mouth. And so, uh, talking about communication, here's another thought if you wanna write this down. What blood is to your body, communication is to relationships. What your blood is to your body, communication is to relationships. Let me prove it to you. Your blood pumps in your heart and it goes to all different parts of your body. Designed to bring oxygen and nutrients to the vital organs of your body. Watch this. When your blood stops flowing, your body shuts down. It's proven. Your blood stops flowing, you die. The same is true with communication. When communication stops flowing, the relationship dies. It dies. And so that's where we're we're going today. We're talking all about this idea of getting this communication, this blood source going. Because communication is not only essential, it is a life skill that needs to get developed. We, we've learned bad principles when it comes to communication. I think most people who, who go, man, we just need some counseling. You don't need counseling, you need some coaching on how to communicate. And if you could learn how to communicate, you wouldn't even need to see a counselor because you could talk it out and work it out. Now I'm not saying counseling is wrong by any regards, go to it, be a part of it, but I think some things are not counseling issues, they're communication issues. Am I, am I in the right service today? Y'all are already quiet on me. I haven't even gotten to the stuff yet, okay? (laughs) This is gonna be a long service, all right? So uh, I want us to talk about the five essentials of great communication, starting with number one. Number one, here we go. First one is this, seek to understand before you try to be understood. Seek to understand before you try to be understood. So let's start here. What is communication? Let's just define it. If we're gonna talk about it, let's define it And here's the definition of communication. Communication is the exchange, everybody say the exchange, of thoughts, ideas, feelings, and information from one mind to another. Okay, it is the exchanging of thoughts, ideas, feelings, desires, dreams, from one person to another person, which means, watch this, you could be talking but not communicating. Talking only requires one person. But communicating requires two people, a sender and a receiver. How many of you have had a conversation, let's, let's, let's go, let's start here. How many of you have had a conversation with your kids, and you told them, I need you to do this, and then you left, and then you come back, and they're like, what did you tell me? <laughs> Anybody ever been there? Okay, watch this. It's because you were talking, but you weren't communicating, Okay, it takes two people to communicate. It takes two intentional people that are willing to communicate because if not, it's just one person talking and telling them what they want, but it's not communication. We don't need to work on talking. We talk enough. <laughs> we need to work on communicating, all right? And so because words are powerful and words are serious, we need to, we need to learn how to communicate. Now, I love this quote here. George Shaw says it this way, the single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. Oh man, that's so good. The biggest problem with communication is to think you actually communicated when you actually did not communicate anything. And so what ends up happening, watch this, most of our arguments are because there's misunderstanding and miscommunication. Miscommunication is I didn't say it the right way. Misunderstanding is you didn't hear me the right way. Anybody been talking to somebody and you said something one way and then and they were like, they said something back to you and you're like, that's not what I said. <laughs> Nobody wants to raise their hand in here. This is gonna be here. <laughs> this, this happens so often in relationships, so much where you're trying to communicate one thing but maybe they're hearing something that's totally different and communication comes to this place where you have to communicate what you feel, uh, what you hear, what you, what you want, ideas, so most people, watch this, get divorced not because they're not talking, they're not communicating. They're talking. They are talking, but they're not communicating because communication, watch this, doesn't mean we have to agree. We just need to understand. I'm going to say that again. So, so let, me, let me unpack this. So Lindsay, my wife, we've been married for 17 years, going on 18 years in April, and my my role is to make sure that I understand. Do we always agree? Some of you are like, yeah, y'all always agree. You have to, you're pastors, that's what you do. No, we don't, okay? We don't, all right? I don't know why people think that all the time. Like, we totally disagree, and, and often, because, watch this, because her personality is very different from my personality, and, and how she processes things is very different than how I process things. So, I mean, in, in most of our arguments, let's just be honest, most of our arguments are around stupid stuff. Like, like, how to load a dishwasher? <laughs> Who would ever thought we, would, we, we are sleeping in two places, two different places, because over the dishwasher? Like, how do you put the bowls in the dishwasher? I think, hey, you should just appreciate the fact that I'm doing the dishes. But I mean, no, that's not enough. It's gotta be done a certain way, with certain order. And there's certain things, by the way, that can't go in the dishwasher. Did y'all know that? I can't go in there. I didn't know that. I thought I bought a dishwasher so I would never have to do another dish. That's why I bought the dishwasher. But undoubtedly there are things in pots and pans and silverware and cups and I get more stuff that I'm having to wash than actually goes in the dishwasher. And so I'm like, you just need to leave the kitchen. Let me do what I do. But because, watch this, because I don't seek to understand, I just wanna be understood and we have issues. We have issues. And it and it's it's, it's small things. Like how I drive. <laughs> let's just let's just go ahead and just say I'm the better driver. <laughs> so I'm like so so I'm in I'm in I'm in Birmingham this week at a at a conference and I'm 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 driving driving back and and I'm facetiming Lindsay and um, no, not FaceTiming. I was, uh, she was over the speaker, like the, I was Bluetooth. So she's over the speaker and, and this rental car goes, di, 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 and she's like, what was that? She's like, you're driving crazy, aren't you? I'm like, what? What, what are you talking about? You're not even in the car with me. She's like, I just know you because when we're in our car and that beep goes off, it's because you were hitting those bumpers on the side. And I'm, t- are you doing the bumpers? I'm like, can we just choose to trust and not put suspicion? Did you not hear last week's message? <laughs> Go back and watch last week's message. This, don't, I did not do that. Okay, so. But but it's like small things like that's it's just little things, but little things over time. And this happens in friendships, this happens in our jobs, it happens with with our kids, with our spouse. And, And what we do, here's the problem instead of trying to seek to understand from their perspective and get their feelings and their emotions, we just want them to understand from our perspective. And then after we share our perspective, we go, I'm done. I'm done. The issue's on your end, not my end. And so instead of seeking to understand, I'm just telling you right now, if we would get point number one, 80% of conflict would be resolved. Just point number one, just seeking to understand what they're saying, which, which means that at times we need to just ask questions. If you don't have clarity, you ask questions. Guys, let me, let me tell you what is probably one of the most romantic four words you can say to your wife. Y'all ready? I'm gonna give you, you might wanna write this down. This is tips, okay? You get a lot of points on this. Four words. Four words, and then what happened? And then what happened? And then what happened? Your point system just starts going up every time you ask the question. And, and then what happened? And, and then what? The, the more you gain clarity, the more you gain emotion, feelings, dreams, then you're starting to communicate. But most communication stays at a surface level. And so, so we talk to one another, but we don't communicate with one another. So if, we, if I go, what does your wife feel about that? Well, I don't know what she feels about that. That's the problem. That's the problem. You don't know how she feels about that. So you're just gonna go make a decision and not know how she feels about that because you don't wanna communicate about it because you don't wanna get in an argument because nobody wants to seek to understand rather than trying to be understood. So that's number one. I got four more. Number two, listen before you speak. <sighs> pull, your, pull your feet up, okay, on this one. Listen before you speak. Proverbs 18, I got a verse for you. Proverbs 18, 13 says this. Everybody help me with these red letters. Answering before is both stupid and rude. <laughs> oh, some of y'all are like, I got somebody that needs this verse. I know. You're sending it to him right now. I got a verse for you. Answering before listening is both stupid and rude. And here's why it's both stupid and rude. Because if I don't choose to listen first and I don't listen to somebody, me not listening to them makes them feel devalued, dismissed, discouraged, depressed, like you don't care, because, watch this, because we all got that person, and maybe you are that person, which before this person even finishes, you're thinking through your mind what you're going to say to them while they're talking to you. So you're not even listening to what they're saying, because you've already, got, you've already built up your case, you, the attorney is coming to the table, ready to defend his case, as the conversation is happening, and so as soon as they're done, you're like, hey, mama, let me tell you. If you wouldn't have done this and if you wouldn't have done that and if I wouldn't have had this and I wouldn't have done that. And so instead of listening to what this person said to validate how they feel and what they think, we're just choosing to answer. Whether it's in mid-sentence and you got those people who are constantly interrupting you and then what they end up doing is they, they I call them the robbers. They take over the conversation and they make it all about them. It's about their stories and their feelings and their opinions. And the Bible would the Bible would call this this listener, there's two types of listener. The Bible would call that type of listener this first listener. Watch this. Everybody say this with me. Come on, I pity the fool. Okay, so. <laughs> the fool. Watch, let me show you another verse. Y- are y'all ready? Can we handle this? We all good? Okay. Some of you are like, I should have came next week. Okay, when are they talking about sex? All right, so. <laughs> Proverbs 18.2. Watch this, Proverbs 18.2. A fool takes no pleasure in? Understanding, but only in expressing. All right, so only expresses his or her, okay. We'll help whoever that was here. I don't know if you're married or not, but we're gonna help them. All right, watch this. Listening, listening is the language of love. Listening is the language of love. And this scripture tells us that a fool takes no pleasure in listening. They don't want to understand anything. All they want to do is get their opinion across. That's it, that is the only thing that they're worried about. And so what you need to understand though, why this is so important when it comes to communication is because when you're listening, you're learning, watch this, and when you're talking, you're controlling. And many of you grew up in a home where everybody was talking over everybody Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about? And you, you had to make sure that yours was the loudest if you wanted to be heard. And so everybody's talking at this level and then you're like, why are we all screaming? Like, I don't know, I don't know why we're all screaming, but we're just all at this, because, because watch this, because talking is dominating. We're dominating. So, so listen to me, men. If your wife is not talking anymore, there's a reason. There's a reason, because talking is controlling. We control the situation by talking. This is what we do with our kids. Our kids are all crazy, and we're like, hey! What are we doing? We're we're trying to, you like that? We're trying to to gain control back, because talking is control. When I'm in the posture of listening, and I'm shut this thing, I'm not in control anymore, but what I am doing is I'm learning. That's why I love being around people who don't talk much, but when they do, you listen to what they have to say because they're always gaining wisdom because they're always asking questions and just listening. And this is, a, this is a problem I've had to walk through of like, I'm a talker. I talk for a profession. This is what I do. So I'm, I'm full of advice, I'm full of wisdom. I'm, I, I feel like, at times. I, I'm, full, I'm full of it. Um, other times, don't nod your head, babe. And, and so I, I have to learn to listen, like to shut up. And some of you have actually said that. Will you shut up? And, and what we're saying in that statement is, you're not hearing me. You're not listening to what I'm saying because you keep talking. You keep, you keep wanting me to hear from you, but I'm trying to tell you what I'm saying here. And if we would choose to listen first, Men, listen closely. I'm going to help you here. Most women don't want to be fixed. They want to be heard. That was every woman's chance in here to give an amen, okay? That was, (laughs) nope, 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 you missed it. You missed it. You missed too late. Y'all need to learn. You got to be quick. So the Bible speaks of one listener as the fool. He speaks of another listener as the wise. This is what we all strive for. We always want to be the wise listener. So, got a scripture for that. Watch, Fools think their own way is right, but watch this. Everybody help me with this. The wise, the wise listen to others. Y'all ever just walked away from a conversation, you're like, he just won't listen. He heard me. How I many know, and there's a difference between hearing and listening. Just like there's a difference between talking and communicating, there's a difference between hearing and listening. Lindsay has set stuff in the kitchen, and I heard her but I wasn't listening. And then when she's like, well why didn't y'all clean the kitchen? I'm like, you said clean the kitchen? Yeah, four times. Oh, that's what you were saying when you were talking? (laughs) Mm. Hmm. So listening, to be a wise listener, you need to understand that this says there's wisdom when we listen to others. So, yet again, like I said, I'm a very practical preacher, so I'm gonna give you some practical things here. So how do you communicate that you're listening? I'm gonna give you three thoughts, three, that's it. Anything over three, men start getting lost, okay? I'm gonna give you three, three. Ready, here's how you communicate, all right? And I say this to guys because most most men, and it's not all men, but most men are usually not the best in listening. So, but, but women struggle with this too. But watch this, number one, look at them in the eyes. Look at them in the eyes. So, back again this week, I'm staying in a hotel, and uh, so I do. I FaceTime Lindsay, you know. I was FaceTiming her almost every night. Just so check in, see how the house is doing, see how she's doing, see how the boys are. And so we're watching. So I'm sitting on the on the bed in the hotel, and uh, she's right here. And, and she goes, what are you looking at? The TV was right behind her and the phone. And uh, there was a show on that I was interested in. And she just said, What you looking at? Dang it. (laughs) There's a show on. And so, yet again, watch. Because I'm not engaged here, what I'm communicating is this is more important than this. And there are more women in here that would testify, and even more men who would testify that they feel devalued because their spouse or their friend is more consumed with this than they are with this. Why don't you ever listen? Why don't you look at me? And how many know, when you're, you're listening but you're not looking, how many know that still communicates something? So just looking people in the eyes, just looking them in the eyes says, I'm locked in, laser beam, let's go. And this is all hard, I understand. I mean, it's something I work through. And Lindsay calls me out on it. You're not looking at me. I don't feel like you're listening. What she says, when I don't feel like you're listening, it's because I'm not looking. And because I'm not looking, I'm not listening. Even though I can be listening, it happened this morning. I, you're not listening. Yes, I heard, I heard what you said, and I could repeat back to her what it was, but just because I wasn't looking, communicated to her that I wasn't listening. Number two, Watch your face. I should have put yo face. Watch it. I didn't say watch your face, I said watch it. Okay, how many of you know? Watch this. 80% of communication is nonverbal. How many of y'all have seen somebody, you said something and you saw their face and they and then they caught themselves? They're like a second in and they're like, they're like, oh. it's the worst. And you know what happens, especially if you're married in here and you know your spouse well enough. Hey, where do you wanna go eat? Hey, let's go eat at such, I don't care, wherever we wanna go eat, wherever you want, we can eat wherever you want. Okay, let's go Chinese. (sighs) (laughs) Is this not true? Hey, I'm thinking about buying this. (sighs) Yes, you can. Like your face don't say yes I can, your face says don't you dare. Is this not true? We, we laugh about this in our staff meetings because all of our staff, different, not all of our staff, different ones in, in my staff, um, just can't control their face. It's just when you say something, it's just like, I know where they're at by their face. They don't even have to tell me. And so, and so we, we have a fun thing around here. We always tell our staff, watch your face, watch your face, watch your face. Because we communicate with our, with our face. So you may be listening, but you're listening like this. <sighs> Uh, so you just watch, watch your face. Number three is repeat, repeat, repeat. So I'm gonna tell you, one of the greatest ways to be an active listener is to repeat back to them what they said to you in the first place. So your friend or your spouse or whoever shares their, their heart with you, and so you say something like this, I'm gonna help you, ready? This is how you start the conversation. So what I heard you say is, so what I heard you say is you are frustrated with me, and when I'm late, it communicates that I don't value. Is that what I'm hearing? And then she can say, no, that's not what I said. What I said was, okay, can you tell me what you said? So what I said, and you can just keep doing that. So, so just for clarity, you want me to, and just, just repeat back, just mirror it back. I'm telling you, right there, it would just eliminate a lot of conflict right there. So what I'm hearing you say about me is you are, what, I'm telling you, this is huge here. And, it, and what it does is when I communicate it back, it, it, it lets her know I was engaged, I was listening. I, I do this, if you have kids in here, how many of you have told your kids to do something and they didn't do it? Raise your hand. All right, I'm gonna help all of you out, all right? All of you. So so I will tell my boys, hey, I need you, and whatever it may be, hey, I need you to clean up your room. I need you to go vacuum here. I need you to go do this. You got it? Yeah, I got it, Dad. I got it, Dad. I heard you. <laughs> okay, and so I'll say this. Tell me what I told you. What did I ask of you? You told me to clean my room, vacuum the thing. Okay, yes, okay. You got it? Yeah, yeah, okay, I got it. So now I know. He heard. Is everybody with me? I'm telling you right there. Because how many of you have ever heard this from your kids? I didn't hear you. I said it 17 times. Well, you should say it once and then say, tell me what I said. Tell me what I said. I'm going to help you out. There you go. All right. so, So let me show you back to this survey. Watch this. So one of the parts of this, how many of you have have, um, read The Five Love Languages, or know about The Five Love Languages, from Gary Chapman, if you haven't, great book, by the way, and uh, The Five Love Languages talk about, uh, there's acts of service, quality time, touch, physical touch, words of affirmation, and somebody help me. What is it, gifts, yeah, gifts, okay, all right. So we asked this question in the survey. Of these five, what are your top um, ways that you feel loved, and so I could divide the survey from women and men. All right, so I'm gonna show you what the women said. The women said the number one thing, does anybody want to take a guess? Number one thing, watch this, was words of affirmation and acts of service. Okay, so, so what they're saying is, tell me you love me and then show me you love me. Right, let me put it another way. Tell me I'm beautiful and then go wash the dishes. I'm gonna just put this in practical terms for y'all, okay? Tell me I'm the most gorgeous thing that you've ever seen and then go put the kids to bed and I can go take a bath. Like, that's what they're saying. Okay, we asked the same thing, men asked the same one. Can you guess what men's was? Top, number one, top. What, touch, everybody said touch, everybody said touch. Yeah, mine is touch and touch me again. Those are my two uh, that I have. Come on, somebody. I can't wait for the sex talk. Okay, so <laughs> touch that means. Okay, watch this. Watch, watch, watch. So watch. Watch what men's is. Men, number one, words of affirmation. And then, of course, touch. Okay, you got touching the- It's not what people thought. It's not what I thought it was going to be. What a man needs to hear, listen to me, ladies. What a man needs to hear is, I respect you. I'm proud of you. Thank you. And a woman needs to hear that as well because words of affirmation is just as big on women. But I, I'll, I'll put it this way men, you should pursue women with affection, words of affection. And women, you should pursue men with words of affirmation. A man wants to know am I man enough for you? Am I doing enough? We we find a lot of identity in what we do. This is why we're hard workers. This is why we work so much. This is why we, we try to provide and protect. Like we, we want to know those things. And so, you know, Lindsay's my biggest cheerleader. I'll get done with a service, you know, all two services, and we had probably close to seven, eight hundred people today. And I'll hear people go, That was a great job, PJ. Man, that's a great message. None of that matters as much as that one matters. Amen. She's my biggest cheerleader. She's my biggest one. Now, I'm not gonna say that, don't say it. Y'all are like, well, Lindsay does it. That's all you're doing. No, y'all can keep saying it. Um, but I, I have, a, I have a, an Evernote, which is an app on my phone, which is just notes that I take. I'm an avid note taker. This is why I try to encourage our church to take notes. I have a note in my folder that says, encouraging words for my soul. And these are messages and text messages and, Facebook messages that people have sent me, and I've copied it and put it into one big thing. Because the days that I wanna quit, and the days that are really rough, it's messages from Lindsay, to my family members, to people in the church, to people in our community. Those fuel me. And of course, listen, I, I know I have to get my validation and all of that from the Lord first and foremost. I understand all that but it's always encouraging to hear what people say as well, isn't it? Yeah. And so, so you need to listen before you speak. Let me give you number three. Think before you speak. Think before you speak. So I'm gonna give you kind of three thoughts with this. I'm gonna give you actually three questions. So, before you say something, and this is, I mean, we know most of the day it's just like super quick stuff. I'm not talking about you got to fil- put this filter in everything that you do. But when it comes to things that could be conflict, come to things that could be controversial, when it comes to things that are opinions or feelings, th- these three filters are the best. Number one, you need to understand that words matter. And so, because words matter, you need to ask this question Should this be said? Should this be said? I mean, know there's some things that we want to say that we should not say? There are some things we want to post. Don't post it. Don't post it. Remember, words are powerful. Take them seriously. They will either bring salvation or damnation. And some people would have saved themselves a lot of damnation if they would have just asked this first question. Should I say this? So let me give you a scripture that'll help you filter through some of this. Ephesians four says it this way. Don't let any, everybody come on, help me here. Unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So a great question is, is this, is what I'm about to say going to help? Is what I'm about to say going to help or hurt? because there's a lot of hurtful words. Name-calling, hurtful. Criticizing, hurtful. Complaining, hurtful. Threatening divorce, hurtful. Helpful, I love you. I care about you, I'm with you. Watch this one, I'm sorry. Now now this is not to say that we don't need to have some hard conversations at times. And you go, well, are you saying like we should never talk about hard things? No, not at all, because, I mean, no, sometimes we need hard, hard conversations are helpful. So if my, my son is doing something that is going to hurt him, I'm going to say something because I want to help him. And the same is true in marriages and relationships, if there's something that's going on. But should this be said, look what, um, look what uh, the next one is. It's not only words matter, but tone matters. Tone matters, so here's the question for tone. How should this be said? So not only should this be said, if, if it's like, yes, this should be said, then it's how should this be said? Because how many of you know, tone matters. You ask somebody, how are you doing? And they're like, I'm good. It's very different than, I'm good, I'm good. How's everything going? Okay, and Pff, okay. I mean, those are two totally different things, right? Any, any husbands in here, you're like, I don't know which one it is. I don't know, are you okay, not okay? Like, I'm not sure. Watch, watch, watch this. And this is why it's so important that when you have important conversations to not do it via text. I'm gonna help everybody here. Facebook comments and text are the worst when it comes to conflict. Here's why. Because you can't read tone you put your own tone into it based off of your own prejudice. You ever had somebody text you something and like you're reading into it a little bit more? You like ask them a question they're like, yeah, we're all good, and you're like, are they all good, or are they just like, is that like a, a sorry, like, yeah, we all good, or is it like, like no, we all good? Like, y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, you're reading it and you're like, I don't know which one it is. Are we okay or are we not okay? Because, watch this, because 80% of our communication is verbal, I mean, is, is facial, is body language, So 20% of that is is us just trying to figure it out. And so it's so important for us to understand that tone matters. Watch what Proverbs 5, 15, verse one. Proverbs 1. watch this. A, A gentle answer deflects anger, but a harsh word makes tempers flare. Here, I got a quote for you, ready? Here's a quote. When angry, you'll make the best speech you'll ever regret. How many of you have some things, you've said some stuff, and as it was going out of your mouth, you're like, no! <laughs> like, you wish you could have gotten that back. So, not only does words matter, and not only does tone matter, here's your last one, but timing matters. Timing matters. So, here's the question for timing. Should this be said now? Should this be said Now, finding the right time to say what you want to say. So let me give you another scripture. Here we go. Psalms 141 verse three says this. Everybody help me. Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. Meaning that your mouth has hinges. Like this. And sometimes things need to be said, but they don't need to be said then. Sometimes it's not the right time to say it then. It's not, it's, it's, you, you need to wait to say it at other times. So let me help you, let me give you practical stuff. So when, when you're trying to figure out, should I say this now or not, let me tell you the worst times to say something. It's, I, I like to use the word halt, halt, ready, here we go. H stands for hungry. When you are hungry, don't talk about stuff that's going to take a long time. How many know anybody heard of hangry? My, my wife, told me about a, 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 a something on Facebook the other day that said when uh, when I get hangry, you have 27 seconds before I come a different person. When I'm that 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 hangry gets gets kicked in, and how many know when? How I many know most of our, our fights are like where you want to go eat? I don't know where I want to go eat. Where do you want to go eat? I don't know where I like let's just put some food in front of these people. Like that Snickers bar is true. So watching out, being careful of having conversations when you're hungry. Here we go. Ang- A is angry. How I many know? Yet again, best speeches you'll ever regret is when you're angry. L stands for lonely. Be careful of the conversation that you have when you're lonely. We choose very, very unwise decisions when we're lonely. Watch this, because when emotions are high, judgment is low. So you'll make some of the greatest decisions you'll ever regret when you're hungry or angry or lonely, and here's the last one, T, is when you're tired. I know when you lay down at night and you had an exhausting day and your spouse looks over and go, can we talk? And you're like, no, we can't, I'm done. Can we maybe try this tomorrow? <laughs> like, well, what about, the Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Let it go down. It'll come back up tomorrow. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna be, like, we'll be here tomorrow. Because I, I, how many you know when you're both exhausted and you start ha- trying to have a conversation, it don't go well? I think there needs to be a caveat maybe within that. And, and so just being mindful of your timing. All right, number four, I gotta, I gotta wrap up. Number four is this, love before you judge. Love before you judge. How many of you have a best friend? Best friend, just love, have a best friend. All right, now let me ask you this question. How many of you can share anything with your best friend? Like you, anything. They know the good, the bad, and the ugly about you. They know your fears, your secrets, all that stuff. Watch this though. For those that are married, why is it often that our best friend, not for everybody, but our best friend is not our spouse? Why is it that we can say things to other people that we can't say to the one that lives in the house with us? And, and I think it's because of this. I think it's because we have relationships that have judgment first before there's love. So we're scared to say something because if I'm gonna say something, I'm probably gonna get judged before it happens. So, so watch this. When judgment walks in, honesty walks out. When judgment walks in, honesty walks out. If I don't feel safe with you, I'm not sharing this with you. Now, I have great news though. According to the survey, that was actually one of the questions that we asked is how safe do you feel having hard conversations um, with your spouse? And the good news was that the majority of people in here felt pretty safe sharing with their spouse. So I'm very encouraged by that. Trust was the highest one on here that people had. So that is good news. But I'm just telling you, when it comes to any relationship that's in your life, if there's judgment first, honesty is going to walk out. Trust has to be the foundation. I can only be open with you if I feel safe with you. This is why people have hard times um, being real and transparent in church. Hey, how's it going? Oh, I'm blessed, highly favored, doing great. (laughs) And your wife's like walking behind him like, because we feel like we've got to put on a persona, watch this, and it really comes back to because I just don't want to be judged. But if you really quickly learn that, hey, we're all broken, flawed, and we all got failures and issues in our marriage and our relationships, how I many know? Uh, welcome. <laughs> welcome. Watch, this, this happened at the very beginning with Adam and Eve. It says this in Genesis chapter two, Adam and his wife were both, y'all don't even want to say the word, okay, yeah. I'm trying to prep y'all, y'all get ready, okay? So they are both naked, and they felt what? They felt no shame. They felt no shame. And, and this, is not, this is not just physical nakedness. This is also emotional nakedness. There, there was no shame whatsoever. Because, watch this, because it was 100% perfect love, no judgment. But we know in Genesis chapter three, the fall of man, when sin enters into the world, you know what the first thing that they do? Cover they cover up. You know what the second thing they do? They hide. Because you know what shame does? Shame makes us cover up, and it makes us hide. Why can't I talk to my spouse? Why won't they open up to me? I can tell you why. Lindsay and I have always said with our boys, and all my boys could attest to this, don't lie to us. Don't lie to us tell us the truth, We're, we, we wanna create a home where if you blow it, you can come talk to us about it. Now there will be consequences, but I would much rather you come and tell us than if we find out, if we find out, there will be greater consequences if you covered it up or if you hit it. And marriages, many times, can't have honest conversations because somebody doesn't feel safe which is why, yet again, trust and safety have to be a thing. But think about this. Watch how this is a revolving door. But you know there's issues in your marriage that you need to deal with, but you can't deal with them because you can't communicate, and you can't communicate because you don't feel safe, and until you feel safe, then you'll communicate because you can't. It's so important for you to understand when it comes to relationships that you can't fix anything that you won't face. You've gotta face it. But that first starts with healthy, trust, safe place. So I, I just wanna encourage all of us in here to say, I wanna be a safe place. So how, how am I gonna be a safe person in a safe place? Great question. Let me give you one. I'm gonna ask everybody in here to do this. I'm gonna do this with Lindsay. Lindsay's gonna do this with me. And I'm gonna ask all of you to do this the same. And here's the question that I want you to ask. I want you to ask those closest to you. Here's the question. Is there anything I say or do that makes you feel judged? Some of you are like, I'm not asking that question. That's the problem. Is there anything that I say or do that makes you feel judged? And if not, great. Because it's possible for us to disagree, but for me to not have to demonize. I'm I'm gonna say that again. It's possible for us to disagree, but not demonize. We live in a culture where if I disagree with you, I demonize you. And it's possible for us to go, I don't agree with you, but I can do it in a respectful and honoring way and honor you and not demonize you. But we live in a culture that doesn't understand honor, and so therefore they think, if you don't think like me, then you don't, I don't wanna have anything to do with you. And Lindsay and I, we don't always agree, but we agree to continue to honor one another, continue to love one another. Number five, last one, is this. Let me go through all of them. Seek to understand before you try to be understood. Listen before you speak, think before you speak, love before you judge, and prayer changes everything. Prayer changes, how many believe that? Prayer changes everything. Okay. If you, if you have a hard time memorizing scripture, I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna give you a scripture that I guarantee you, you can leave here and you'll memorize. 1 Thessalonians 5:17 says this, never stop praying. Everybody got that one? Three words, y'all got it? Never stop praying praying, never stop praying. Watch this, watch it. I think this is the most important out of all of them. And I'm going to tell you why I think it's the most important. Because when you do this, you invite God into it. You invite God into it. If you have a relationship right now that's strained, where you're having a hard time communicating, just start here. Just start here. Just start praying. Invite God. Watch this. Because God can do things you can't do. God can soften your spouse's heart that you can't. You've been trying, and it's going harder and harder, not softer and softer. That's because we gotta invite him in. This is the power. This is, this is how we communicate. We start with, let's bring this to the Lord first. Let me get my heart right with God. Before I come and confront you on your issues, maybe let me talk to the Lord first and go, God, is there maybe something here? Is there something in my own heart? And, and watch this, your relationship with God is only as good as communication too, because you need him to speak to you. Prayer is not me speaking to God, prayer is us talking, communing with one another. It's communication. So I wanna encourage you to pray. Now, a part of the survey, one of the questions that we asked was, for those that are married in here, is do you and your spouse pray together? Watch the results. 58% say no. 42% say yes. Could this be the issue? Could this be the issue? So, so listen, this is a spiritual thing. I, 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 I don't have a problem praying with other people. It's weird when it comes to Lindsay and I, for some reason, there always seems like to be a barrier there. And you know why? Because the enemy knows when we're united, we're not defeated. Are y'all with me? So he's gonna do everything I can to prevent us from uniting together in prayer, in unity, spiritually. The devil knows that. So he's gonna fight that. He's gonna fight it. So if you're like, oh, man, I'm just having a hard time. I don't know what to pray. I don't know how. We're going to help you with that as well. Another question that we asked was, do you and your spouse read or discuss the Bible? A little bit better. 53% said no, though. 47% said yes. I just think this is one of the major issues. Until we get God infused into the relationship. You go, well, my, 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 my boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse, whatever, they don't go to church. They don't believe in God. Okay. Well, then that means you get to start being the praying one. You, you, you initiate that. Well, they don't want me to pray for them. That's all right. You don't have to pray with them then. Just pray for them because God can do stuff that you can't do. I mean, believe it. God can do stuff. God can do stuff. And watch this. Do you know how hard it is to pray for somebody that you're arguing with? <laughs> I don't like you and I don't like this, let's pray together. <laughs> is this not true? Like you resolve some stuff if you know you gotta pray together. You get some stuff resolved. So, so I wanna encourage you to do this. So this is how we're gonna end today's service, is we're gonna do just this. We're gonna pray. And uh, I'm gonna pray for those that are in here that are, if you're single or widowed or divorced, or, uh, or, or maybe engaged, um, I want you to stand. I'm gonna ask you to stand, stand all across this room. If, that, if, that, if you fit in any of those categories, um, I want you to stand all across this room, stand, stand, stand. And then I'm gonna get a moment for married people to do this, but um, this, is, this is how I actually wanna end today's service. I want us to pray, and, and I, part of my job as a pastor is to help you develop something. And one of those is prayer. I Man, I don't know what to pray. I'm gonna help you because I'm gonna put it on the screen. I'm gonna give you a prayer to pray. And so if you're single in here, uh, I want you to pray this alongside with me. I want you to say it out loud. If you're by somebody that's, that's standing, just stretch your arms toward them. We're gonna believe this for them and, and, and trust that the Lord will do this. So if you're, if you're standing, I want you to say, say this with me. Come on. Heavenly Father, thank you for creating me as I am. I know that you have a plan for my life and that today is the day that you have made for me to rejoice in it. Prepare me to make the most of marriage or singleness, whatever you have chosen and planned for me. You are the only one who could ever truly make me happy. Please make my desire to follow you greater than my desire to please my flesh and show me how to keep my thoughts pure. Use me and my gifts to make your name great in the world. I want my life to count for the mission you have given me. Fill me with ambition, creativity, and selflessness for the sake of your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give it up for those there. Awesome. All right, you can be seated. All of the wives Wives, I want you to stand. If you are a wife, I want you to stand up. If your spouse is with you, you can grab their hand if they happen to be sitting next to you. If not, no biggie. Um, but as, as men, so all the men, look at me, all the men, we're gonna pray this over our wives today. I'm gonna invite my wife to come up. Come here, babe. <clears throat> and we're gonna pray this. So all the men, I wanna hear you as we pray this over our wives today. Everybody say this with me. Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending me such an incredible partner, best friend and wife. Please never let me take her for granted. I know she's not only my wife, she's your daughter, and you've trusted me to be her husband. Help me to love her the way that you love her, being willing to lay down my life for her the way that you have done for us. Even in the difficult seasons, help us to choose joy as we're reminded that our struggles are temporary but because of you, Lord, our joy will be eternal. Please give me the wisdom, courage, and strength to be the best husband I can be today and every day. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. All right, husbands, stand on up. Let's go, men's, all right. Ladies, I'm gonna invite you now to pray this over the husbands, and I'm gonna let Lindsay take it from here. Heavenly Father, thank you for my husband. He is a blessing in my life. I know that neither one of us is perfect, but we are perfectly imperfect together. Lord, help my husband thrive in his job and to gain great fulfillment in his work. Help him to inspire others with his work ethic and and positive attitude. Give him a hunger for your word. Give him wisdom and grace to lead our family. Remind him that only you define him, not his work, hobbies, or even me. Give, his, give us a rock-solid marriage built on a firm foundation of faith and forgiveness. Help me to be the very best wife I can be to him, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Let me pray over all of us. Father, we, we thank you for your goodness and your grace. Lord, we, we invite you into our relationships. God, we know that our, our identity comes from you and that as an overflow out of that, we can then be what we need to be to those around us. God, I pray, Lord, that you would help in the betterment of communication, that we would seek to understand, and we would listen before we speak, and we would think before we speak, that we would love before we judge, and that we would pray in everything. And we'd be a people that, as our wristbands say, that we would pray first. When the frustrations wanna rise, we pray first. God, when the moments where we don't know what to turn and what to do, we pray first. God, we, we just, we, we invite you to come. Come have your way. Lord, we want to be all in for you because you were all in for us. So thank you, God, for all that you want to do today and all that you're doing in the series and, and, God, what you're doing to restore and rebuild relationships, God. Lord, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. 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 Yeah. Awesome.